Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we dive into the second half of our conversation with Cody Kelly of Zero to Hero Fitness and Wellness Coaching. In this episode, we dive into how long it takes to develop habits and why Cody feels it takes longer than what a lot of us think it does. We also get into the conversation of alcohol and why Cody had to take a serious look at his drinking. Alcohol can often create negative experiences in people's lives, and Cody realized he could not continue his trajectory if he wanted to expand and grow as a person and with his business. We also get to talk to Cody about his amazing wife. Cody believes the most important partner you choose in your personal life, especially if you own a business, is your significant other. He shares how his wife is helping him thrive personally and professionally. Let's get into the second half of this conversation with Cody Kelly. And what steps did you take to become an elite fitness trainer? I got my uh, certifications through ISSA, the National uh, Science of Sports Association. And that is, I got a certified trainer, certificate, nutritionist, and strength coach. And that classifies you as an elite fitness trainer through ISSA. And you can also become a master trainer, which I'll do at some point, which is six certifications. So right now, I just wanted those are the three ones that I really wanted, because I think those are the most important ones to utilize in most everyday, everybody's life. And eventually, long term, I look at getting more you know, continued education credits and courses. Wow. Now, I noticed you push against, I've heard this a lot, like you, you create a habit within like 21 days. And I've noticed that you push against this. And instead, you're saying it takes 66 days. I am just curious, why do you feel people need that longer duration to start a habit or, or a routine? Yeah, it actually comes back from the automaticity line. And once again, books are fantastic. This is from Atomic Habits. And the 21-day habit rule came from a plastic surgeon who, when this performed the surgery on patients, it took them about 21 days to get comfortable with their new look. They're okay. And that's kind of where we got that rule from. But the reality is a little more complex than that. So automaticity is at what, how long does it take? And at what point in time does that action go from conscious action to subconscious action? And on average, it's about six, six days, depending on the complexity of the habit. If it's a bigger routine, it might take more. It really takes a lot longer than people think of doing something. Three weeks is a great starting point, but you got to keep pushing past it. And you just have to really drill it in and stay consistent with it. And once you do, that is what's actually going to build that habit. So you've brought up like consistency quite a bit. So it's really just kind of like showing up for yourself, being consistent and putting in the time to get the results that you're going after. Those are the three factors, I believe, to success. It is showing up, actually starting to do the work. Because unless you show up, nothing is getting done. At that point, it's all just potential and potential opportunity. The second one is consistency. It's how often are you doing it? Your first sales call is not going to be nearly as good as your thousandth sales call. Your first digital design logo for a company is not going to be nearly as good as your thousandth. And it's really about putting in the reps, just like in the gym, putting in the hours, putting in the time. And then the last one is time. We can't rush time. As much as sometimes we want to because we want to get to the next phase, it's the most important resource and number one commodity that we have because once time is spent, we don't get it back. And as you put in those three of showing up, be consistent with what you're doing, and have time and patience, 
success is inevitable. That's amazing. And I think it's kind of apparent from just talking to you so far, but I would really like your perspective on how does your coaching zero to hero differ from other fitness coaches and programs? I think it really just comes down to the individualistic standpoint that we put on everybody. And again, accepting that this person has so different life variables and we try to customize it to their lifestyle. And it's finding what is the path of least resistance where they're going to get the most, the best results with the least amount of input and that they're going to stick to. So for some people, we've learned that, you know, 30 minute workouts a few times a week is a lot better than a couple of one hour workouts a week. They can block that in better. It's what works better with your lifestyle. You've been trying to work out in the evening time during, you know, peak rush hour. And because of that, you just don't go. Let's move it. Where in your schedule is it going to be the best time to do it? And we really just try to be there for every aspect of, you know, that person's life. I've said before that we're kind of a multi-vertical coaching company, but we're really a more, which is true because we focus on different assets, but it's more about we're a well-being company. We do care about your well-being and all of the above. And just want to make sure that you succeed in every area that we can. Yeah, that's amazing because I, when I think of like a fitness coach, I just think of someone who's like, okay, this is the regimen. We're going to work you really hard. You're going to sweat. You're going to leave. End of story. There's your bag. There's the door. Bye-bye. And we're going to do that too. Indeed. We're going to work your butt off. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> there's times where I got people where are like, man, I really don't like you today. I'm like, I know, but keep going. <laughs> which means I'm doing something, which makes, which is what I want to hear. But it's really right. just about that emotional support as well. Because sometimes yeah. I'm realizing people feel that they don't have as many people to talk to as they could. And that's where a lot of people right. turn to their trainers to get advice for and to seek mental, you know, like support from. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I think a lot of people, we have friends, but then we don't want to put that weight on our friends or we have coworkers, but maybe they backstabbed us two weeks ago and now we don't trust them. And to have that trustworthy source where we can really let our guard down, really be true to ourselves, be authentic and recognize here's someone who doesn't just care that I do another 20 reps. They care that I'm having a really shitty day. Absolutely. And he's going to help me find a way through it. And it's like, cool, let's talk about, let's take it out on the ways, let's take it out on the exercise, but also let's work through the issue that you're having. So when you leave here, you have some actionable steps that you can take. Yeah. And you, you kind of touched on this before, but you went 110 days without drinking. Now, I once went over a year without alcohol. So I'm curious, what was the driving factor for you to stop drinking for such a long duration? What stops me is that I realized it was kind of starting to take over my life. You know, it, of course, you know, it started as just on the weekends with friends, having a good time, you know, get a little rowdy. And then over time, it kind of progressed to be a little bit more aggressive. And then it would become into Friday night and Saturday nights, kind of go almost blackout. And then feeling awful on Sunday and hung over and watched friends repeat. And then it kind of turned into Thursday. And then I was having a drink every day of the week and really blacking out on the weekends. And when I drink, I can you know, be an asshole and just be an idiot and just say things that are that you shouldn't say. Or it's you become somebody that you can't control. You lose control of who you are. And there's so many, you hear so many stories of people that get divorces because of substance and alcohol. And for me, at one point I realized like this is getting out of hand and my wife doesn't deserve this. 
because I come home and act a fool. And, you know, just because I'm blackout and I'm like barely standing up, wobbling, right? You know, like, all right, let's get you to bed. And she had to sit there and like, walk me to bed like you've done with many friends before, right? So, and finally, it's just like enough's enough and you have to grow up. And that's what really pushed me to do that. And I did a 90 day break the first time the previous year which really helped, but over that time, there were still some instances where I had way too much. And finally, when I did the 110-day break, that kind of is what killed it for me. And now, that's why I drink a lot of, like, athletic brewing company, non-alcoholic beer. When I go out, I'll have the occasional, like, nice bourbon. But I never drink to achieve tipsiness, drunkness, or buzzness whatsoever. Yeah. Because you're putting you first, and I, I love that your wife was there to to be supportive and love you through it and give you the time and space for you to discover what you needed to do what was right for you in that process it was and she's an amazing support system you know i wouldn't be who i am without her and as someone who comes from a dad who was extreme alcoholic uh drug addict a lot to use that a lot and on my mother's side also had a stint of alcoholism as well and of course i thought well that wouldn't be me that won't be me and of course right. it became me. So something really had yeah. to change. Yeah. And thank goodness you had that self-awareness to recognize what was going on and the willingness to say, um, that's not who I want to be. Yes. And that's why I say it's a superpower because self-awareness can really change your life. Right. Yeah. And I, we have something in common. We both have these uh, semicolon tattoos and you talk about like checking in on one another and mental health. And, you know, I just want to like, you know, sometimes I'll send a text to someone like, Hey, just checking in on you. Like what, what does the semicolon mean to you? Why is it important? And why did you get that tattoo? Sure. And I got mine on my wrist right here. Nice. And the significance of the tattoo means to me is to remember of those who are struggling and still need help. It's remembrance for me, and when I've talked to my own therapist about this, about who I am now and where I came from, he's like, you're part of the 1% that got to where you are. The other 9% aren't so lucky. And they're still out there, you know, not living the best life. You know, their thoughts and the way that they grew up kind of shaped them into not be the best person they could be because they didn't have the support system that they needed. And as someone who's struggled extreme, like depression, anxiety their entire life, I realized that, you know, I'm able to point my life where I can handle it on my, you know, myself and I can manage it. How can I help others do the same? And because I will say this a thousand times, people don't know what they don't know. And I feel like it's my job to kind of show them how to get to that point to where they feel like they can manage their emotions and actually control them and not be a slave to them. And it's so important to check on people because you don't know what people are going through. There's no reason to judge others. You don't know if that person's uh, mother just died that morning. And that's why they're kind of, you know, being an ass or that yeah. they just lost their job or car or house. You just don't know what people are going through. And yeah. just saying, hey, hey, man, I was thinking of you today. I hope things are going well. You never know how much that mean, might mean to the person on the other side of that phone and how it could turn their day around or their life around. I so agree. And I say that all the time. Like if I run into someone and they're just really rude or really grumpy, it's like, you don't know, you don't know what they just came through. They may be grieving. They may, like you just said, lost a loved one, lost a job. Maybe they just had their car towed. Maybe they couldn't afford the tire that just went flat on them today. And they don't know how they're going to pay rent. Like we do not know 
like this the shiny crap on social media i hate to break it to you if you haven't figured it out by now is fake it's all for <laughs> people are out all, there having a it is it's all curated to look a certain way be a certain way my life is perfect which is also part of what's contributing to the mental health crisis in america is people see these people on these apps and accounts and they're like well their life is perfect why is mine not and then they think there's something mm -hmm. wrong with them and that just compiles yeah. and builds yeah yeah comparison is the thief of joy 100 percent we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll have more from our guest cody and he gets into why our self-talk is something we need to monitor as it can make such a difference in our lives. To stand out on social media and the internet for a business to grow, you need branding images that help express who you are and what you represent. Being a driven business owner, you already know your audience needs to see your brand show up on a regular basis before they will trust you enough to work with you. With a branding photo session with Girl Boss Photography, you can tell your story through images. Utilizing those images in your marketing and content strategy will enhance your appearance and help build a connection to your existing and potential clients. Girl Boss Photography loves working with small and medium-sized businesses to help them build a strong visual brand. By partnering with creative entrepreneurs, listening to their goals, Girl Boss Photography curates a branding session that will tell the story of who you are, what you do, and how you are there to help your clients. If you are wanting to grow your business, improve your online presence, contact Girl Boss Photography to find out more about your options with their branding packages. Send a message on Instagram at girl.boss.photography today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Cody and he gets into why he makes an effort to help people realize that it is okay to not be okay. And you've talked about how most people do not believe they deserve more and a person's actions reflect what they think about themselves. And I'm going to kind of pull apart a little bit of a post that you had. Um, when you don't believe you deserve anything and have thoughts of not feeling good enough, shame sets in. Once shame sets in and those thoughts fester along with not feeling good enough, this will eventually turn into guilt, which is a heavy burden to bear. And you continued by going on stating many men live, lead lives of quiet desperation with a stigma that talking about what is weighing you down demeans you as a man, makes you weak and looked down upon. And then you also shared, and I didn't know this, Suicide in men is almost four times as much as it is in women due to the fear of inability to be heard. I say all this as I have been one of these men white knuckling life, putting immense stress and pressure on myself to keep progressing forward. And there's, there's so many more posts that you, you open the door and open the conversation saying, if you are struggling, please reach out to me. Yes. And so the first part is we make choices and decisions on what we believe that we deserve. So when people are in certain environments and act a certain way, eat a certain way, talk to themselves a certain way, they believe they've been conditioned and they're like, this is the level that I'm at. Okay. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is what I deserve. And I've lived in houses, you know, that were 
extremely cockroach ridden. You know, it was very old, things falling apart. And at the time, I'm like, this is great, right? Fantastic. And that's what I thought I deserved at the time because I thought it was the best thing ever. And because to me, that was something that I wanted to be at. But then you see other people who are trying to strive to be better because they know they deserve better. And the D word, deserve, is a very hard word because when you tell someone, hey, you deserve that, they clench up. They take it back a little bit because most people think they don't deserve things because they feel like if they say, hey, I deserve this, someone else is going to look down on them or demean them for it and that they are showboating or they're being arrogant or they're bragging. And that's not the case. You can deserve something and showcase that and still not kind of like be very arrogant to the world about it. And when it comes to the post that I made about, you know, guilt and shame, I watched my mother go through all that where she, with the way that we grew up and how it was that guilt of not being able to do enough for a kid, provide enough, did turn into a shame. Of course, that shame turns into remorse and it beats you down and wears you down. And it is like a hundred pound ankle weight that you can't get rid of. And for the men that talk about the inability to be heard, I say the, the fear of inability to be heard. Because there's many stories I've heard of men who try to talk to their partner or spouse or someone. They're like, well, just don't worry about it. Just, you know, just don't be a pussy. Don't be a bitch. Just suck it up and move on. And as men, as, you know, providers, protectors, that's kind of what we're told, right? Is to suck it up, deal with it, move on. Men don't cry. We just handle it. Cut our leg off, throw it back in the truck. We're going to fix it. Okay, we'll move on. And it's that type of stress. And it's not, not allowing it to be talk about it, be able to work through those issues on top of regular life stress compounds and that is what causes men to feel like they can't take this anymore and there's no solution and then they create a permanent solution for a temporary problem which is suicide yeah and it breaks my heart because when i when i look at men i just think it's probably the wrong thing to think but it's like they're fine they're strong they're confident i wish i could have their confidence when they're probably faking the confidence just to get through the day and there's a lot of people that are just trying to fake it just to get by. You know, they have a bag on their head that has a smile on it. And when they get home, they take it off. And I've been one of those men most of my life. I realize I've always had a believer of no one owes me anything. My problems are no one else's. And I'm going to deal with it on my own. And because the way we grew up, I became such a hyper-independent person that I made sure that I built my life on not needing anybody. I want to make sure I will do it on my own. And if I need someone, I'll find a resource that I figured out on my own or pay to do something. So that way it's an equal transaction. I never wanted to feel like I was indebted to somebody or owe somebody for doing something for me. So I'm like, cool, I'll just go on my own. We'll figure it out that way. And a lot of times it also got me into, you know, large amounts of debt that I was able to take care of down the road later. But it's simple things like that of being afraid to reach out for help. And the fear of getting pushback is what stops people from even trying in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple of guests on the show, um, Courtney Shannon, Brittany Moser, and they have a podcast for the love of men. And when I listen to that podcast and I listen to their social media, they talk about how many men are coming forward and saying, thank you. Thank you for standing up for us. Thank you for giving us a voice. Thank you for talking about like the wounded masculine space 
because we deserve to be heard. It's like, we need men in our lives. Like, and so I appreciate so much that you are so willing to open the door for people to come to you and talk to you and the willingness to be honest about your background. Because I think with your willingness to speak openly and be honest, it's allowing those who are struggling to say, Hey, me too. I, I, I'm not alone in this. It is. And that's where people feel. And that is where most of those who struggle with mental health come into is that they feel alone. And it's because that feeling of alone and desperation that they feel like there's no solutions or no viable options. But, and that's what I'm trying to show people that it's okay to not be okay. Yes. I I've said it in the most professional way possible through my video is that my brain is fucked up. I will come home, my, my, my wife and I can be texting great all day. I'll walk in my door, I'm like, what's today? Today she's going to divorce me, she's tired of me. And that immediate thought will kill my mood and will drown me. And if anyone knows my wife and I, they know how obsessed we are with each other. But it's things like that, or and your brain is always assuming the worst. It will assume the worst and you're gonna fixate on that because that is what you're used to happening. And I want to show people that that's not true there's a better way and by working through your emotions learning how to see why it's happening accept it you can no longer let it again control you it's about learning to control your emotions and not letting them to control you and i want to show people that if you're struggling cool reach out to me let's figure out a game plan let's work together let's get you some resources let's find you your own counselor and get a game plan so that way you're no longer feeling alone because you're not alone there's so many people that are struggling with it. Millions of people struggle with it every day. And it's so, you know, taboo. And it's funny. I was sitting there and how I know that I'm one of these people is I was on the phone with my wife a few days ago. And I was sitting there, we're on the phone, and she's telling me how lately I just haven't been like I've been off. My emotions have been as they usually usually are. And at that same time I got an email from uh a insurance provider talking about how, hey, could you please explain why you're prescribed Wellbutrin? Well, that is to help with anxiety and depression. And to be frank, I've been off of it for a couple of weeks because I'm like, I've been feeling great. I don't need it anymore. Oh. Funny enough, look what happens. Yeah. So, and that's when I have someone like that in my corner help show me like things aren't going great. Let's get back on track. Yeah. And having that support is beautiful and magical and we don't always have it. So that's where having someone like you who is willing to say, I am willing to support you. I, you go beyond that. I'm willing to help you find the resources that you can have the support. So when you open that door, you're kind of all encompassing because it's not like, Oh, I'll help you. But you know, at an arm's length, it's like, no, I'm here to, to guide you, but I'm also going to help you gain the support that you need to continue forward so that you can, once again, it just comes back to who you are as a man. Like once again, I'm going to set you up for success. Sure. And it really comes back to, I guess, with the way that we grew up in, you know, my childhood is watching, you know, at that point, the person I'm looking at through the most struggles so much in every single area, Yeah. which is why I'm trying to be more of a well-being company and not just a fitness trainer. It's, we all need help. How can I help someone else avoid the same issues that we did growing up, the same pitfalls? And like, I'll say it again, love my mother to death. I'm trying to do everything I can now to help support her as she gets older. 
I hold no fault to her. I have no, I have no ill feelings to her. As a matter of fact, I just feel awful that I couldn't have helped sooner. But it's part of what my own guilt was growing up is I watch all this happen and you feel weak, powerless. There's nothing that you can do to help it except just watch it kind of unfold. Right. So it's help this person work through issues. It's okay to not be okay. And one day you're going to be okay. Yeah. And you're building a community through that process. And I firmly believe we stand stronger together than we do apart. So it's better to come together and find the support within this group. And if it starts with one call, one message, one fitness session with Cody, then please, please go do that. Yes, it is. It takes a tribe. It takes a village to achieve what you really want to. Mm -hmm. Being a lone wolf is great. I've done it for a long time, but as soon as I started actually reaching out for advice and support in any area that I'm working on, things got faster. It, when you ask for help and things like that and knowledge and the guidance of others who've been there before, what you're doing is you're shrinking the amount of time it takes to achieve the result that you want. Yes. And I'll say it again. Time is the one currency that we don't get back once it's spent. So spend it very wisely. And I firmly believe asking for help is not weakness. Asking for help is bravery because it's so damn hard. It is bravery. It takes courage. It is the ones who say they won't do it. They can kind of be a weakness because people need you, especially the ones who's listening to this that are struggling with mental health, men or women. It's people that do need you. They need you here. You have people that depend on you, care for you, want you to succeed, and want you to be better. And especially if you have a partner or kids or family to take care of, they'd be so much worse off if you weren't here than they are with you here and they need you. And I, I also believe we influence people in ways that we do not know. We, we don't hear about it because people don't tell us. Mm -hmm. I have a neighbor. He will never know the influence. He's very busy, so I don't see him. But he doesn't have a clue of the way that he has influenced me in different aspects of my life. And I look forward to the day when I can catch him on the road and just say, hey, thank you. Thank you for this, this part of it. Because we don't know. So if you're out there thinking, I'm not important. I don't matter. I don't need to ask for help. You are wrong. You are important. You do matter. And there are people who care about you and love you so much. And we need to have you here because you bring a sparkle and a shine to this, this world that this world needs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And people don't realize the effect they have on others. You never know who's watching, who's being inspired, who's being motivated by what you're doing, just like you with your neighbor. And I think that to me, it's my solemn duty to try to be better because again, you never know who's watching. And for me, I know that that younger kid who's still inside me is watching. And my goal was to try to grow up to be the person that we needed to be. Like, who did I need when I was younger? Yeah. Who was that person? And I try to be that for others and for myself. That's incredible. And and I've heard over and over from a variety of successful people that successful people journal. And you've talked about journaling as a part of your routine. How has journaling helped you with your your success and your emotional and mental health? It's been, it's been so crucial and helpful. I kind of view it almost as mental filing. Ooh. It's when we have these thoughts and ideas and they stay up here and we don't put it out there, they stay up here. And they kind of just swirling around. But when you sit there and write out on paper, our brain loves specificity, specificity, oh my gosh, 
Words are hard. I know, right? <laughs> and when you write it out and your brain can sit there and read it, it can process it. And when it can read it and process it, it can let it go. And now you can always come back to that. So that way you're kind of clearing away for more information to come a part of and you're not adding more thoughts. Because when people are like, oh, I had a great idea earlier, but now it's gone. I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Yeah. So that way you know that you have it. And for me, it's a way to kind of write out those feelings I've had for the day. What do I feel like's going on in life? Where do I feel that life and the universe and God are taking me? And I really sit there and try to be as honest as I can with it because that's, you know, my, that's like my thing. No one else is going to read it. And just see, like, and sometimes it's cool because you can go back pages. How were you feeling this day? What was my mental state that day? Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? And you can almost see the progression of who you are as a person as the pages turn. Oh, that's beautiful. And something else that's beautiful is you live, we've mentioned her, but you give a lot of gratitude and appreciation for someone who's very special in your life. And I believe you stated, if it wasn't for your wife, you would still be single due to having the social skills of a carrot. <laughs> how, did you, how did you meet this beautiful woman? And please tell us how she has enhanced your life. Yes. Yeah, so her name is Sully. And we met at the Gold's Gym here in, Bell- in Bellevue, Nashville, Tennessee. So, and we met there. She actually saw me. And at the time, I wasn't interested in dating. I was very closed off. I just got out of a really bad relationship. And if you ever on my page, you'll see at that one point when my transformation photos is, I was about 270 pounds, 275 pounds, very overweight. And I was just coming off of that transformation. I was figuring out who I was. I was back, just got back into school. So I really didn't care about dating. I'm just trying to figure out who I am, who's Cody. I'm just doing my own thing, having a great time. And, you know, we were connected on Instagram, saw stories back and forth. I also did not know that at the time, I didn't realize you could see who viewed your stories. So I was always looking at her story just because I thought she was cute and was interested. Um, and then we started messaging for a long time. And, of course, we finally, she's like, so are you ever going to ask for my number? I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Because I would have just kept messaging through Instagram. And then we finally <laughs> met in person. And, you know, we had a first date. Our first date uh, turned into me bringing her to some soup and flowers because she was sick at her apartment. And then kind of after that first initial meeting, we kind of just been inseparable ever since. Uh, we have a crazy story where I had my apartment got flooded. And mm-hmm. I moved into her place two months later after we met. And it's kind of one of those things where you know you know. It's like where before you try to fit square pieces into a circle hole and vice versa, it was like a glove fit. And our personalities mesh so well. She is someone that I can always go to. She's going to be honest with me. She's so much more even, even killed than I am. I'm a high strung person. And she's someone that just doesn't get stressed out. She's always just been positive, a ray of sunshine. And she's been, you know, super supportive of me over the years of how I've kind of transformed into being a man and working through my own mental health issues and being there through all the panic attacks, anxiety attacks, going through my alcoholic issues. And now, you know, she's still there supporting me while I build this company and this coaching business. And what kind of started this even more is I was laid off in early March when I was doing recruiting. And the first thing she said was, because we already started the company, I was looking for my exit strategy. And when we got laid off a little bit earlier than we thought, like the plan, she's like, well, I guess you need to get into a gym. So immediately supportive. And she's just always been there. 
and I just can't thank her enough, and I owe her the world. Oh, a best friend that you can't ever. God, that's amazing. I love that, and it's almost like you manifested her because you had a post. Um, I don't know where you were, but you had a picture. It was just you sitting alone in like this red chair, and you had your arm out. And no one is sitting there. And there was like a, I think a year or something later, you had a post where it was you two sitting in the same chair. So it's almost like you put it out into the universe of having this magical, amazing woman to be open to come into your life. It was. And it's kind of, I do believe in, you know, the power of manifestation, law of manifestation, law of attraction. And sometimes you get what you ask for and more. I believe that's what this woman is for me. And best friend, lover, can't imagine my life without her. And really hope that, you know, we do have a long, happy life together and get to really change the world. Because yeah. right now, you know, she's working her own job, but eventually the plan is for her to move on to see the hero full time and us really take like this mission and purpose to the next level. It's going to happen. We're going to declare it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you and your wife are also business partners. And, and other aspects. So what was that deciding factor to go into business together? And how did that conversation, you know, go for you to want to work together? Yeah. And you know, what's funny is we never sat there and thought like, should we be business partnership? Maybe <laughs> it kind of was just was, and we were like, the first one was RV rentals. And we were went camping one time and we're like, man, there's a market for this. And we're pretty optimistic about it. And we're like, well, why don't we get an RV? Sorry, the business ran out. We're like, oh, great, let's do it. And we still have that RV, but we realized that you can't start. I would never recommend starting multiple businesses at once. It takes a lot of time and energy. So yeah. we're kind of dissolving that and putting more into Zero Hero. But when it comes to business, because her background is sales business and hospitality and tourism. So we're very aligned when it comes to understanding those principles ideologies and we're very usually in sync about what the next move is or what makes the most sense we hardly ever have any pushback when it comes to business whatsoever we've worked really well together home life and business that's awesome and i, I love that you two have such such various backgrounds and knowledge and you can bring it together so that you can grow the business like it's just a recipe for success it's like the divine is like ha 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 let me shine this upon you it is and i'm a uh, firm believer that it just takes one person to turn everything on you're one person one phone call away one connection from everything turning around and for me the first opening or the first aha moment of my life was when i met her because when i did things just started changing in a, a very rapid and positive way. And when I realized it was almost like a paradigm shift, like, oh, this is what I thought life was, but this is what life really is. And, you know, she comes from a phenomenal family. It's actually like a family that I wish I would have, like, growing up. Like, the ones that I saw and as all the envious of kids I was having, like, to me, like, could have asked for a better family to be a part of. And it's really cool to kind of have someone from that type of background and to be a part of something wholesome like that. That's beautiful. And in life, in business, like what is it that you love? I think it's pretty apparent, but what is it that you love about what you do? For me, it is trying to help really change a person's life. 
And for me, I know how important that is. And I know how important, how hard it is to get started. I believe that the hardest thing for us to do as people is to take care of ourselves. We will take our shirt off our back to help someone else. We will drop everything to help a family member, friend, whatever it may be. But as soon as it comes to us, push it to the side. We have a long day at work. We come home and we're like, you know what? I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to work out. I'll just do it tomorrow because we have no problem letting ourselves down, but we won't let anyone else down because there's no one else to let down. When it comes to us, the only person we're letting down is ourselves. And that's when it comes back to what we deserve because we feel that it's okay to do that. Yeah. And that's why it's so crucial to show people that you do deserve better, do have deserve to have the body that you're happy with when you look in the mirror, the mental state that makes you feel mentally healthy and that your emotions are in check when you're running on full all eight cylinders and just really learning how to take care of ourselves and our well-being. And to me, that's the most satisfying because I know that I'm one of those crazy people that thinks that I can help change the world. And I know that it starts with one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And doing one thing at a time. I think if you're crazy enough to believe that you can change the world, then you are the person who can do such. I, I think so too. And as Steve Jobs, you know, always says, the crazy ones who think they can change the world do. From my yeah. old commercial a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of validity to it. So what's ahead for for you in the upcoming year and upcoming months? Sure. So for the rest of Q4 right now, it really is about planning, building more in-depth systems, more operations behind the scene. And for Q1 of 2024 for Zero to Hero, you know, we plan for our website to go live. I plan for social media to be in full force. This year, I've kind of managed it on my own. And what I realized is I wish I had 10 more hours in a day because I just don't have enough time to do everything. Right. I'm yeah. looking to help bring on some extra support, actually, which is really exciting for Zero to Hero full-time, or at least on a part-time basis. And from here, just expanding and starting to believe what is I think of as a true company. We're talking about newsletters, uh, more quality videos, educational resources, doing a lot more collaborations and partnerships wanting to do more expos and part and sponsorships and really just try to get out the name out there of who we are and knowing that we are here to truly help help you in any way that we can. Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see this all come into fruition for, for, for you and your wife. So if someone wants to work with you, how can they find you? Sure. So you can find me at any of my socials at zero hero Cody. That's across Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. You can also find us online at zerohero.coaching.com. Our current website is down right now, but again, we are still working on getting a landing page available. And that way, before Q1 launch in 2024, we do have a fully functioning website. You can also reach out to me in my email at cody at zerohero.coaching.com. Excellent. I will get all of that into the show notes. I could talk to you for another three hours. Like I could talk to you as well as Richard, like, for a long time. <laughs> I so appreciate your energy. I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your willingness to share the story. And I appreciate your willingness to not just make sure that someone is doing a bicep curl correctly, but the whole wellness aspect of a human who comes to you for help is truly what is more important than having the the trim waistline. It's just, 
it just shows who you are as a character of a man, who you are as a character of a human. And I, I know that you're going to thrive and I can't wait to watch your business just explode in front of you. And with your wife, your amazing wife on your, by your side, it's good things are on their way. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to see, you know, where the journey of the rise podcast takes you as well. Thank I know you've you. had some, you know, fantastic guests on there, some really, you know, high level people. I just know that your channel is going to continue to grow as well. You're so kind. Well, thank you so much. I know you're crazy busy with clients and everything else that you have going on. I'm just very grateful that you took some time with us today. So I really appreciate you. No, I, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. That's it with Cody. After we finished recording, our conversation continued, and I just had to ask him, how's your mom? His reaction was everything. His face lit up, and he shared how incredibly well his mom is doing. He also shared that he and his sister have reconciled, and she is busting her butt being a caregiver for family members. I have a feeling we're going to see his sister working for his company, Zero to Hero, one day. It was so great to hear how his family went from such hardship to coming together and thriving. Sometimes it just takes one, one person to believe for something better. For Cody, he wanted better for himself and it was through a lot of hard work, putting in the time and as he said himself, showing up. He has not only altered the path in life for himself, but his entire family. It is a lot of pressure and stress on his shoulders, but I have a feeling with the support of his wife and his family, they're going to figure this out together. I definitely want to follow up with Cody. You can definitely expect an appearance in season two from him as I want to follow up and see how things are progressing in his life. It just goes to show with patience, time, understanding, and a lot of determination, life can turn around and life you desire and dream is possible. If you want to follow him on Instagram or get signed up for his coaching, please go to the links in the show notes. Next week, we talk with Julie Sudler. This woman just released her first published book, Watch Me. And Watch Me is right. Get ready for our four part. <laughs> That's right. I said four part as our conversation just continued to flow. She is an inspiration. And when it comes to recognizing that life is not heading in the direction you want it to go, Julie shares all of that and more, not just in her book, but also her conversation. And she has quite the story to share. It's true. Yeah, I, um, there's this concept of sweet bitter, uh, which is the same, I think it's a Japanese concept. Uh, the sweetness would not taste as sweet without the contrast of bitterness and so that's exactly where i went to and i i do like this whole book is like this journey of like starting out with some really not aligned partners or people who um you know i had that a, a need for external validation i had these people pleasing tendencies i didn't really know much about myself or what i wanted or what my desires were so even if i had really known those those partners if i had even been able to express them those partners would not have been able to hold them for me so this is really this whole journey of all of these things coming together 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do give us a follow on your podcast app so you have that latest episode downloaded. We would love to have you join us over on Instagram. You can find our account at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode was researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to yourself. When you're kind to you, it is easier to be kind to others because you cannot hate yourself into a version you love. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise. Ooh.